If you've listened to this podcast before, then you know we are passionate about the stories of God meeting ordinary women everywhere they are. The experience of God's mercy, His profound help, and unexpected grace are not confined to the four walls of church. Most often, we feel God's presence as we move through various life stages. While we're single, while we're working mothers, while we are moms to newborns or high schoolers, while we become caretakers for our own parents. Let's savor these stories of women encountering God in all life stages and circumstances. Welcome to Everywhere You Are. This episode explores the spiritual discipline of prayer. Inside each of us is a longing to meet with our Creator. And the psalmist reminds us of this in chapter 42 of the Psalms. As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go and meet with God? Our guests on this episode are Kathy Nolan and Aaron Lambert, two Dawson women in very different stages of life, from post-it notes to stop signs, from journaling to joining groups like Moms in Prayer, these two women share practical advice on how they satisfy their thirst to meet with God in prayer each day. Hello again, this is Rachel Langston, and Becca and I are here today hosting another episode on the spiritual discipline of prayer. We are here with our friends Kathy Nolan and Erin Lambert, and we'll start with our usual general question of where are you today? And so Kathy, if you'll just get us started, where are you today? Well, I am a wife and a mother and a grandmother, and I am retired from many years of teaching children's ballet. We downsized recently and live in a condo in Homewood. My husband and I have been members of Dawson for 49 years. Wow. We have two I know we have two grown children. My son and his family live in the San Francisco area and my daughter and her family live in Salt Lake City. So are y'all both originally from Birmingham? We are. Okay. We are. I grew up in Bluff Park. He actually grew up in Homewood, about four blocks from the church. No, we joined Dawson. We actually both grew up in another denomination and okay. funny story, we were as a young married couple, we'd been married a couple of years, we were looking for a church home and we were late to the church we had intended to attend that morning. We passed Dawson, I said, oh, let's just go there. So <laughs> the Lord's problem. Wow. I know, so we walked in and, you know, found some friends and the rest is history. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I love that. And you're in choir with me. Yes, I'm in say that. choir and been doing that for a lot of years. And my husband and I teach five-year-old Sunday school and I work at Kids Connection and lots of different things. Well, Erin, what about you? Where are you today? Wife, mom to a seven-year-old and a four-year-old. Um, they keep us very busy. Um, I work full-time for PNC Bank. As an analyst, I've been there or I was with BBVA, who they purchased before that my whole career since grad school at Alabama. Married to an Auburn fan, so we <laughs> have lots of fun with that. As far as Dawson, I was a single adult and came here and he came when we started dating and just have been here for a very long time about 16 or 17 years and we've been teaching a newlywed they're not so newlywed anymore <laughs> class for about the last five or six years um, it's a joy to just 
kind of invest in that group of people, but also in our student, our, our elementary age kids. Now I'm doing some stuff with Megan, our seven-year-old, and preschool's been a blessing to us all these years as well. But um, just really enjoying this phase that we're in right now with her learning about what it means to be a Christian. Mm-hmm. And it's been challenging to me to kind of go back to the basics as well with that. I do BSF outside of, of Dawson and have um, since I've, I've been in Birmingham. So are y'all both really into football? Like has Auburn, Alabama, has that been a big deal? Or um, is it- he thinks that I'm not as big of a fan as him because I'm nice. and <laughs> <laughs> Which is probably somewhat true. I mean, but, so our kids have tended to gravitate more toward his, uh, his school than mine. But I actually come from two LSU parents and a a&M grandparents. Oh, man. So, um, I was the first one to go to Alabama. So not quite as long of a lineage as he had. That's how it is. So in our family, Blake's an Alabama grad. I graduated from Clemson. And so that's not as big of a deal now, but, you know, a couple of years ago, we were good. <laughs> it was. And, but Blake is way more vocal than I am. And so our boys have naturally just kind of tended to say Roll Tide first. And I just... <laughs> I don't know. I just don't really care. It's fine. It's <laughs> <laughs> kind of how I feel about it. Too. We're going to talk more about prayer specifically, but just in general, when when you think about spiritual discipline, what like what's the first thing that comes to your mind? I was thinking about that, and I think maybe equate it to like what exercise does for us. You know, mm-hmm. we know we need to work certain muscles, and that those muscles are good for us. They keep us healthy and in good shape as we grow older, and spiritual disciplines to me kind of fit in that same like sometimes it's a little hard to start them you know to get started in a routine with them but once you get into routine and you're doing that on a on a regular basis it's so good for you and it it really is beneficial to you like overall and in the long run yeah and you can definitely feel it when you're out of the routine yeah (laughs) out of the habit well and it gets honestly unfortunately it's a little too easy to slip out of the habit of them too just like you know go on vacation and you're like oh i gotta start exercising again it's kind of the same thing with yeah uh, maybe if we have a little season where we're not as you know into one of a spiritual discipline especially prayer i feel like it, it can be easy to to get out of the habit of it yeah what about you kathy well, you know, I think spiritual disciplines, when I think of it, it's the way that I am praying and hoping that God will conform me more to his image by these practices that we do as Christians. That's the means that we place ourselves before God to be formed more into his image. And so I, I guess I look at it as a, a means to becoming more Christ-like. So talk about talk about prayer just kind of generally what does it look like from life. a practical standpoint and I'm particularly interested in you because you do have two young children yeah I would, I would actually say not as good as I'd like it to look yeah. um, one thing I started doing this year I felt for years and years God was just saying to me you need to pray for your children more regularly like it keeps coming up and so I started doing moms in prayer on Wednesday nights mm-hmm. really as an exercise of getting in a better habit of praying for the children and we have a a very nice way we pray through an attribute of God for the children each week which is similar to how I learned how to pray uh, in BSF leadership as well like thanking him praising God for who he is and then focusing on what I need 
afterward. And I think in that routine of that method of praying, of starting with focusing on God first and before I come with my needs, generally my needs are a little more refined by the time I get to that point. But when I do my popcorn prayers, which happen too often too, I'm starting a lot of the time with focusing on myself or what I need. And um, they're not as, they're a little more selfish sounding and a little more dire need. But then when I have that more routine prayer of, of really starting with him and, and then coming around to what I need, they're way more focused on being Christ-like or his conforming to his will. And, and I, there's a little bit of both of that that happens in my life. <laughs> I, I say I probably am better about Bible study sometimes than I am the discipline of prayer. And, but I know that's something God's kind of calling me to work on more. And every time I do, it's beneficial and wonderful. Right. So, you think, why didn't I do this more? Or oh, why didn't yes. I start this earlier? <laughs> yes, yes. So the moms in prayer thing, is that a class? Or what yeah, it's that? a Wednesday night. Okay. Um, so it meets at the same time. That's nice, Bible thankful. studies. Yeah, and okay. the kids program. Right, so, right. Yeah. so my husband goes to a men's Bible study. Kids are in the kids programs. And um, we're in here, in this room actually, praying for most of the time. And it's... only during the school year I think yes it is it's only during the school year and so y'all are going through different attributes of God and like praying those attributes that'll be reflected in your children like last week our attribute was God equips and so we talked about we praised God for the fact that he equips us perfectly and then even our our supplication was praying for equipping for our children thankfully we are we have a, a smaller group and but we are very open with each other about how we can pray for each other and so we pray for our own child and then someone mm-hmm. comes and prays for our child and then they talk pray for their child and another person prays for their child so it's a it's a lot of beautiful agreement um mm-hmm. we, we laugh a little bit while we <laughs> pray for some of that stuff sure <laughs> but it's honest and that's what is so refreshing about it. And, yeah. and really, I love that in, in any prayer to God. Is he knows it already, mm-hmm. right? So we can just come before him and say, I don't have a good attitude about this. Or <laughs> yeah. I need yeah. you to work on my heart a little bit. And um, I love that idea of using the attributes to kind of inspire your prayer. Just because I feel like I've been through seasons where I've tried to be disciplined about prayer. And so I'll like kind of set a rhythm for myself like okay I'm going to pray for Blake you know every Tuesday at this time I'm going to pray for my children on Wednesday at this time but then what I find is once I do it a couple weeks I'm literally just praying the same thing over and over and I'm like and then I just get bored but if you're basing it on kind of like a different topic like that like different attributes of God I think we're going to pray the same things over and over some too but it might be a different perspective with a different attribute yeah Um, yeah yeah. I mean I'm going to be praying for my kids salvation over and over again that's sure you know i mean and of course uh, obviously our marriage because we're two sinful people yeah of course it's it's good to pray some things over and over again just to have kind of different words or see it in a different light i guess is what i mean oh absolutely kathy i think a a long time ago i remember you talking about post-it notes or something yes uh, with your prayers i do that okay tell us a little bit about how you what your practice looks like well, you know, it's it's interesting. Over the years, my practice changes. One of the things that I have done in the past is the post-it notes, but also I, I try to make like a, 
I guess I, I call it an icon. I'm not sure that's what it ought to be, but different places where I know I'm going to pray, like if at the stop sign at the end of my neighborhood. Okay. I know as I leave and I go past that stop sign, I'm going to pray for where I'm going and where I'm going to, you know, who I'm going to be talking to. And like when I got to work, the doors were kind of like, those were my prayer doors. I walked in the door, started praying for my classes that day and the influence I would have on the girls and just, you know, that I would be kind and gracious and all the things that teachers hope they are. So, I mean, yes, like little icons throughout my day that call me to prayer. Markers, yeah. Yeah, markers that call me to prayer. And then the post-it notes. I found when my children got to be teenagers, it was easier to put a post-it note on their mirror with verses and things I was praying for them. They were much more receptive to that than they were for me just to sit them down and try to give them sermonette number 54. (laughs) So um, anyway, so that worked really well. And I knew it was okay because they didn't take them down. You know, they left them up. So I knew that I was not evidently (laughs) annoying them a whole lot. So just a little maybe. I mean, I've followed different patterns. I guess I probably in my early 30s decided I wanted to know more about prayer and wanted to know how to pray better. And so I began sort of an investigation and a trying to experience different kinds of prayer and to read about prayer. And so there have been wonderful things that I've done through the years that have been very meaningful to me. And one of the main ways that has been super meaningful is journaling. So I, I do love to journal, and that's always a good way that God changes me. And how do you, how has your prayer changed like in different phases of your life or stages of your life? Well, as a young mom, I did a lot of the flash prayers and popcorn prayers, just like you're talking about. I did plenty of those. I also, I think back then I was, I thought unless a prayer was spontaneous, that it was not um, genuine. And I, I've sort of come to believe that there are beautiful written prayers from hundreds of years ago and sometimes give words to my prayer that I can't come up with myself and they give me a lovely prayer language and so I've gotten much more dependent and I I don't know if dependent is the right word but I enjoy memorized prayers like I've memorized a lot of prayers from the Book of Common Prayer and just things that Christians have been doing forever that now I realize, you know, are it's your heart that's doing the praying. And right. so the if someone's words speak what's in your heart. So my prayer's not always just spontaneous like it was. A friend of mine gave me those, you know, the little index card or the little calling cards that have script has scripture on it. And it's one of those that's like a personalized prayer deck. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's a verse, but it has your name put in there and I have learned to try to personalize just just scripture as prayer oh yeah and that has been an easier way for me to kind of like what you said take things that are already written and not rely because there are times when you know you're like all right lord I'm here but I don't know what I'm supposed to say well and Richard Foster who um, wrote the book celebration of discipline says that written prayers can prime your pump of your own prayer life which I like that idea Mm -hmm. and then I love the scripture idea because I think it's in Beth Moore's book she talks about scripture and prayer together as spiritual dynamite so Mm -hmm. I like that thought what struggles do you have either one of you when you when you pray or when you think about prayer in terms of of a discipline 
honestly maybe like overwhelmed by how many things I need to pray for and how many people I need to pray for. Yes. I was talking to a small group of girls about, you know, if they had a book that they used to keep track of, because kind of like you were saying, Becca, like it is good for us to, and, and even Pastor David said this in a sermon not too long ago, like maybe we can't pray for all 150 people we need to pray for like every single day. So we may need to divide them up and pray for different things on different days. And maybe that gets us a little deeper in those prayers for those people too, or some of them have some similarities to them. And so we talked about just some prayer journal guides, prompts that some of them use. And I honestly haven't, I've got them. They're sitting on my bedside table. They need to be getting used. Just because we teach the life group and involved in different places, there's a lot of people who I talk to on a regular basis who I share where they share prayer requests with me and we have friends. (laughs) This is the season of life we're in who just need a lot of prayer. So sometimes it's whatever's bubbling up, you know, God's put somebody on my heart or mind to pray for right then. But I want it. I want to make sure I'm covering all those prayers, especially the ones I've committed to pray for. (laughs) So that to me, I think is where I need to get a little bit better about having one place that I'm kind of keeping track of those. And also kind of from what Kathy was saying, seeing where God, you know, he met those needs, you know, and Mm -hmm. because we have really short memories as people and uh, it's easy to forget where he's already done things or what we've seen him do, even the little things that we've seen him do to make progress. I think just that, like maybe a little bit of organization around where I'm keeping track of who I need to pray for and how I need to pray for them. And and then also having opportunities to praise him and thank him when he's done those things. What about you, Kathy? Is there a struggle or a... Uh, You know, I think probably the struggle is just the eternal struggle of letting go of self and asking, really coming before the Lord genuinely, ready to be changed, ready to hear from him. I mean, I find sometimes I'll be going through my prayer time and I'll get like halfway through it and I'll go, do I even remember what I said? You know, it's my heart and mind being there with me, not just going through the routine because, you know, you don't want to have your prayer time just to like check, you know, I did that this morning. Right. You want your prayer time. I mean, prayer can change the world and prayer can change you. And so you want to be present. And so I guess that's the struggle. It's just trying to always be present when you come before the Lord in prayer. Talk a little bit about prayer and your children and like teaching your children or your grandchildren to pray or have it, or modeling that discipline for them. You probably have more you can say about this than me. But I, I will say my, my son, my four-year-old, he's more eager my seven-year-old, she's a girl, so a little bit more self-conscious about what comes out of her mouth. And so I've had to say to her, you can say whatever you want to say to God. Like, he already knows it. It doesn't have to be a specific way. I just want her to get more in the, the practice of being comfortable talking to God. Right. And so we, we're, you know, we're in this stage where she's asking questions about salvation and we're learning things and talking about things and there's a lot of opportunities for her to pray and so I know a couple of times in the beginning she would like can I go over there and pray by myself like she didn't want to pray in front of me sure go on and then she was getting more and more comfortable I couldn't hear what she said so now she's okay she could pray in front of me I don't know there's kind of sad but I'm also glad we're making progress right (laughs) right and the little one he's just 
he's good. He's a great prayer. He's wonderful. <laughs> um, I think helping them pray over meals and just us seeing us doing it, I think is is the best thing. And, and we need to be a little bit more intentional about that too. One thing God's been convicting me of is we have a lot of great intentions, not always getting done. And so, right. you know, just kind of making sure those things are getting done. Maybe not all of them at once, but one thing at a time. Yeah. One of my favorite phases with Thomas was when he was he was four. And, of course, being a pastor's kid, he just hears spiritual-sounding words a lot, but he doesn't know what they mean. And so he would just string together all the big words he could think of. It was just like, Lord, thank you for the wisdom of lifting our hearts up to you. And, and, and I remember just kneeling by his bed and just kind of nodding and smiling. But it's such a sweet face when they don't have really any any inhibitions and pouring their hearts out <laughs> well, teaching five-year-olds we get to hear a lot of oh, that. that when you give them a chance to pray they are it's really obvious the ones that have heard their parents pray and you know they they kind of have a language for it and it's cute it's it's very much like that you know that sometimes they're saying things I'm not sure they quite <laughs> know what they're no. but sweet and genuine what kind of struggles do you have and you, we may have already gone here um, with just the the consistency of it or an actual what does this look like like I'm not I'm, I'm rarely um, I'm not one of these people that's just in a constant conversation with God but I know people that are I kind of wish I was what what is your what does that look like for you well uh, the journaling part um, I, I follow a pattern pretty much and I do the acts adoration right. and so I mean I as I write I write out praises and then I, I I've discovered if you ask God to show you something within the last 24 hours that you need to confess he will, he will. always do that <laughs> and so you know then I go there and it depends it's where you know I'm kind of am that day I mean I, I really believe in the journal being the place where you can pour out your heart to God and so I, you know, if I'm mad, I say, Lord, I cannot believe my sister did that. Right. And, but then as I write, God changes my heart. Yeah. I mean, so that by the end of the thing, I'm going, okay, Lord, I get it. I need, <laughs> I need to call her. I need to not be passive aggressive. I need, you know, yeah. that kind of thing. So, so journaling, I, I just sort of follow that pattern. And then where God leads me to pour my heart out is is what I do but now I've got more time than you do I mean I right I can sit and journal for 20 minutes and you probably don't have time to do that so and I didn't either back back when I was at that same stage the other thing that I do is I, I do divide I mean I do pray a lot during the day but I also have nighttime prayers and morning prayers and my nighttime prayers are the ones that I try to hit all the people that I've said I would pray for there's a beautiful prayer from that it's a Compline prayer from the Book of Common Prayer that that goes through the different things like soothe the suffering, pity the afflicted, shield the joyous, you know, beautiful language. And so after each one of those phrases, I will think, okay, who in my prayer life right now is afflicted? Goes in that category. Goes in that category. So that's kind of how I go to sleep at night is, you know, I, I do that the last thing before. Hopefully I don't go to sleep while I'm doing it. <laughs> but that's happened too. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. I used to have a Bible study with a woman who had index cards. And if anybody asked her to pray for them, 
or anything specific she was praying for was on an index card and she would sit in her chair and while her husband watched mm-hmm. TV at night, she went through those and Index that was, cards, and yeah. so her nighttime was her, yeah. kind of her intercessory prayer, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I wanted to bring up this verse because it just is one of my favorites and I feel like speaks to so much of what we're saying. In Romans 8, which is just one of my favorite chapters in the Bible, verse 26, it says, Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And so in talking about like our struggles with prayer, Aaron, I don't know if you feel this in the phase of life that we're with the younger children, but a lot of times I'll get in the bed at night and I'm trying to get ready and, you know, just wind down. But again, I just have all these anxieties swirling around my head. And there are things that I don't know if I'm being reasonable that they upset me so much or am I being unreasonable also if I am being reasonable and I should be worried about this what do I pray about it what actually needs to happen as if I the, I'm the one who needs to figure out what needs to happen and I just as just this massive whirlpool of anxiety and I, I don't know I guess it's the spirit I hope it's the spirit that's kind of leading me to do this it's like I, I can't verbalize it and so what I do is just as each person or topic that I'm worried about comes to mind that I don't know how to verbalize the struggle or what to pray for I just say it like in my head I just say Thomas will so and so and I just kind of I don't know get my heart in a posture of just releasing it and trusting that the spirit is helping me in my weakness and interceding for me and so I feel like that's that's been really helpful for me in this season of life with my struggles with prayer and knowing how to verbalize things I heard somebody one time say, imagine holding that person in your hands and just lifting them up to the Lord. Mm-hmm. And so, and you know, you might say, Christ have mercy. And it, but it's the same idea that Christ is praying for us and for them Yeah, as you're doing that. So, so comforting. So great right before bedtime. <laughs> yeah. So you mentioned, and we've touched on confession. So is there anything specific about because it is a part of prayer, obviously, oh, yeah. not necessarily my favorite part. But. Well, here, this is actually interesting. For like the last month, this has been something God's been putting on my heart a whole lot with confession. And a lot of it has to do with the conversations I've been having with my daughter about what does it mean to be a Christian. And so we took the gospel class that Danielle offers. And so prevalent in the beginning of that is helping our children understand that they need Jesus. And why do they need Jesus? They need Jesus because they, they've sinned. Everybody's sinned, and we've all fallen short. And so that's definitely one of the areas I feel like she was missing, like the recognition of her <laughs> own sin. Obviously, I am too, because um, <laughs> God's put this. And so we talked about, again, one of these intentions that we need to fulfill. We've done a couple of times, but conf- everybody in our family confessing something that we've done that day. And so we're, we're in bed a, a week or so ago and she really quickly comes up with hers it had happened like 10 minutes earlier and then she tells me what her brother's was too. <laughs> and I'm sitting there thinking I'm not even going through a list of stuff of what I could say to her I am having trouble thinking of what I need to confess and I'm, I'm a grown person and part of the reason I think this needs to happen is you know we don't need to have anything between us and God when we're praying like we're not going to hear from him the same way so I love what Kathy just said about if you ask God to show you something you need to confess, he will. And and so I think that's part of what we need to pray is right. make me aware of the things that I'm doing that aren't 
pleasing to you? What do I need to confess? And and getting that out on the table, and he knows it already. There's nothing we're keeping from him, but we are keeping it from ourselves. Or that <laughs> we're not, we're sinful. They're sinful things, but they're not intended in that way. But maybe somebody's taken them that way, or he's, you know, he takes it as sin in a, in a way that we're not intending. Right. So, so just, just to show, yeah. Awareness of it. How are we being a stumbling block to somebody because we're not aware of that sin of that we've done that's bothered somebody else of you know we need to go address it we need to right. go apologize and that has been coming up a lot for for us in our family because of of us trying to help Megan and and honestly it, it's good for us too to just let's you know go ahead and, I like that idea though of everybody oh, saying she, something because she loved it she said can we please start today like yeah she well but it, it also humanized I mean it it levels all of that that we're all sinful in front of the lord yeah. there's it's not a mom nope. mom and dad are perfect and i'm not and it's not a i have don't have jesus as my personal savior yet so i'm a sinner but they do like it's a mom and dad are you know quite a bit older than me and they are still struggling with this and jesus still forgives them every, you know we have mer- every time his you mercies ask. are new every day yeah. he's full of compassion and grace and he forgives us all day every day (laughs) right right. Um, so I think it's important for her to see like that we still need forgiveness as adults just like she needs it as a child well and you talked about the axe method and I use that a lot too and you know I I mean I don't know why I'm surprised at this point because I've used it for years but it's like oh confessions before the I gotta do that before (laughs) I get to the you know the good stuff or whatever and so yeah um, it is definitely part of what this discipline is supposed to. Well, and the adoration of him and who he is helps mold our confession, right? Like mm-hmm. if we see all of his attributes, it makes our differences that much more evident. And then we can thank him for his mercy and for all of the things that we don't deserve. But he's so good to us and gives us to him. So, yeah, I, I love that method as well. Well, I mean, I would recommend Richard Foster's book, Celebration of Discipline, to anybody and everybody. I mean, it probably was, other than the Bible, the most life-changing book for me when I read it. And then also, a little more recent than that, but still an older book, is Tim Keller's book on prayer. It's just fabulous. And then the one I've read most recently that is that prayer, the Compline prayer I was telling you about, Mm -hmm. a woman named Trish Harrison Warren has written a book called Prayer in the Night, and she takes that prayer and discusses it in each chapter, and that's a beautiful book. It's wonderful. So... Also, just for the season of life that I'm in, and this was something I did before my four-year-old was born, we had um, a study at our house that several women in the church participated in called Triggers, and it is um, talks to you about like triggers, external and internal, that kind of make us sin, we'll just say that, and um, how we can pray through those things specifically, um, just life things that happen that are maybe causing us not to respond in the way we would like to respond to our children or our husbands. Um, So as kind of this, you know, mom with her hair on fire kind of, (laughs) you know, how do we move out of that and into a much more um, intentional response and, and recognize those things that are maybe not 
helping us, <laughs> you know, and how can we pray about those things also. Um, so we did that. And I actually think it, it has prayers at the end of every chapter. They're very short chapters, like five pages each. And during the year, I'm doing Bible study and, and I'm praying along with those scriptures, not necessarily doing another resource outside of that. Right. I'm thankful for, for the Moms in Prayer kind of guy. They give us a sheet of paper that we're with some verses and and that attribute and how we're praying for our children. And, um, but I love these resources that Kathy's sharing. That's funny talking about the triggers. I, I have not familiar with that book or that study, but I for a long time felt like that one of the calls to prayer for all of us is when there's a disturbance in our force. <laughs> I mean, when you know when your spirit is not right, when you're anxious, when you're ungrateful. I mean, you can feel it in your spirit and I can feel myself, you know, going down the drain hole. And that's when I try to let that call me to prayer and say, okay, Lord, it's kind of like a trigger. I mean, you know, I I realize that that things are not right in my heart and in my soul. And so to try to come before the Lord and say, okay, Lord, will you correct my thinking? Will you let me think your thoughts here? Will you search me and know me and, you know, know my anxious thoughts and all those things and created me a clean heart? And it's surprising if you'll just turn your eyes off of the thing that's disturbing your force or triggered <laughs> you and put your eyes on Jesus. It It's amazing what God will do. I, I definitely second that. Just that I have a tendency to be a little independent I think a lot of women do and it's hard to wish for times of a little bit of neediness but I do wish for those make the make me aware of where I need him and which is a lot of the time I was thinking about what you just said and and the shift that kind of happened for me in just praying the way I wanted things to happen versus God's will was when I was pregnant with our with our daughter and my dad was in the hospital and our ch- this church surrounded us with love and compassion. But, I mean, I did not want him to die. I, I prayed until the last day, you know, for what I wanted. And then the day before the Lord took him, he I said, God, you know what I want, but I need you. If this is not what you planned, then I need you to change my heart. And I, did I ask him to change my heart? <laughs> I don't know that I did that, (laughs) but I said, I need you to change my heart. Like I need to be in a right place with you before this happens. Like I need you to change my heart to be okay with this. And he did. He changed it almost immediately. And my dad passed away the next day, which God changed my heart in a way that he showed me if, if he can change my heart with that, he can change my heart with just about anything. And so when I don't want to apologize, when I need to, or anything else, just like you said, Kathy, like he can take whatever it is and he can mold it to his will. We have to be willing for it. I think it was a women's event here a couple weeks ago, or maybe the Sanford event that we had here on a Thursday night. And the speaker talked about taking your hands that are lifted up and just turning them over and just... Dumping it all out, you know, and then I think that also exact same thing came up at the storytellers event where it was just like, just let go of it. As a woman who likes to control things and have things in order, I think that's a really big lesson for us. Like where he doesn't expect us to hold it all or carry it all or 
figure it all out. Like you said, mm-hmm. Becca, earlier, like yeah. we do, he doesn't need us to answer what the prayer is. He just needs us to come there and just lay it at his feet. I like the prayer, Lord, help me willing to be willing. Yeah, <laughs> I, I actually have prayed that one more than one time. Like if I'm not willing, then I need to pray to be willing yeah. to be willing. Yes. Well, and that, I mean, that models Christ who, you know, in the garden said, this isn't, you know, not what I want because I really don't want to, you know, go through the pain and suffering but I'll do what you want me to do. So just being willing to, to say that and, and follow that, I think is what he's waiting for sometimes to be like, flip the switch, you know? Yeah, and then when he flips the switch, you're like, why didn't I do why this earlier? I do this? Exactly. <laughs> this is exactly. so much better. Yeah. <laughs> Mention a scripture or two that sort of, I don't know, impacts this part of your life. This scripture that probably comes to my mind first about prayers, Philippians 4, 6, and 7, have no anxiety about anything, but in everything through prayer and supplication, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. One of the reasons that verse is so meaningful to me is because it's, it's kind of like what you were saying, Aaron. I can remember a specific time that I did this for the first time, I was in my I was teaching school at Homewood High School, and I was in big trouble with a parent, and there was going to be a meeting with the with the principal the next day, and I was the anxiety level was through the roof, and I had recently learned this verse, and you know I I remember very specifically that God changed my heart as I prayed it, and He gave me a confidence in that it was going to be all right because he was in charge. This is just a meaningful verse for me because I can remember the very first time I ever saw God change my heart when I asked him to. And, you know, that's been going on ever since. In his book, Celebration of Discipline, Richard Foster reminds us that prayer is the most central discipline because it ushers us into perpetual communion with the Father. Foster writes that prayer transforms us. In prayer, real prayer, we begin to think God's thoughts after Him, to desire the things He desires, to love the things He loves, to will the things He wills. Progressively, we are taught to see things from His point of view. Today, we heard Erin's testimony of God changing her heart when she asked him to. Everywhere you are today, pray that God would change your heart to want the things that he wants.